Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. This show is supported by generous listeners like you through our Patreon. This episode was underwritten by the Tamsin G Association. To learn more about ways to support Oh My Dollar and get cool perks like exclusive live streams and cat stickers, you can visit ohmydollar.com support. Welcome to Oh My Dollar, a personal finance show with a dash of glitter. Dealing with money can be scary and stressful. Here we give practical, friendly advice about money that helps you tackle the financial overwhelm. I'm your host, Lillian Kerbake. And I'm your producer, Will Remick. <laughs> so we are going to talk about financial priorities today. And this is kind of like maybe you're you're maybe you're still deep in the holiday season, whatever that means to you. But the new year is around the corner. Not that I think New Year's is the only time you can decide to start caring about your money. It's a convenient time. But it is a time a lot of people start to think about financial priorities. And I have so many people who write in and tell me that listening to the show has helped motivate them to work on their money. And they tell me about their goals. And sometimes I get these emails that are like, so this year, thanks to Oh My Dollar, I'm going to establish a second stream of income, pay off all my student loans, start maxing out my retirement account, <laughs> and save to travel the world for six months. And I'm like, whoa, honey, back up. <laughs> One thing at a time. One thing at a time. And and I think one of the things that I haven't talked, because we talk about so many different diverse financial goals, because everybody's at a different place with their finances that listens to the show, I think a lot of people end up getting that feeling that they need to be doing everything at once mm -hmm. and that they're behind if they're not maxing out their retirement account, but also paying off their student loans. And saving for the six month vacation. And yeah. and all of the things, right? You know, the there's it ends up being this feeling of like you're behind. You're behind the curve. Um, because you hear about people that are in a different financial position than you. And there's a little bit of that like competitiveness, but also just that like existential dread that a lot of us have with money where we kind of feel like, oh, I'm I'll never have enough of it. To I don't have enough do anything. Yeah. Or like, oh, compound interest isn't on my side unless I start saving right now. <laughs> um, and I think there's a huge benefit to emphasizing that setting financial priorities um, it One, it doesn't have to be complicated. Um, as always, we have had multiple episodes I'll link to in the show notes about the fact that I always think this starts with your values and kind of this, this exploration of what you really care about. But for a lot of folks that are kind of just getting started with their money, it's actually not that complicated because there's only so many goals that you can do. Right. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, which are which are they usually fall into these three buckets, um, increasing income, mm -hmm. reducing debt and saving money. Those are Makes those sense. are the only those are really the only things. I guess that's all you really can do with money. <laughs> right. Well, I, I guess maybe the fourth yeah, would de be decreasing income. But the, yeah. <laughs> the fourth would be setting up systems, right? So mm -hmm. um and and I think that is actually like I've talked before about why I think budgeting and sinking funds and um you know, setting up rituals for yourself with your money can be incredibly powerful and and that kind of helps you lay the base. But you know, I will run through, uh, you can find these in my book, No 
sponsorship here. I just just uh, they are. The, it is sometimes it's easier to read these things, and there's cats in the book, so um, you can find these in my in my book. But this is what I have on as kind of the basic financial goals. So if you're just getting started with your money and you don't have anything in savings, um, I always recommend that you start setting up the systems, and that is to start budgeting and save a one month buffer. And the reason mm-hmm. I use the term buffer as opposed to emergency fund is one month. It could take you a long time to get to the point where one month you have one month of expenses in savings. And I define this as one month of expenses, not one month of income, because hopefully you are living below your income, mm, right? Mm-hmm. So you're you're spending less than you earn. Right. So your income and your buffer shouldn't be the same. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and they might be. If you're spending a hundred percent of what you make, then your one month's expenses will be the same as one month's income. Um and this can feel really overwhelming if you've never you know, saved money, but we've talked about on the show some ways to kind of get there. Um, one big one that will be coming up for a lot of people if you're on the lower income side of the spectrum, it's very likely you will get some sort of tax return. That is maybe less true if you are primarily an independent contractor. You might not get a tax return because you may not be paying quarterly taxes. Exactly. But yeah. if you do get that tax return, um, that is a great way to get yourself set up without having to kind of um, find that money in your monthly budget. Right. A big infusion. You- you can kind of use to almost blueprint those goals, I yeah, guess. Yeah. And the reason I'm a big fan of that one month buffer is if you've been stuck in a kind of panic mode with your money, getting to the point where you've got that one month is it does give you some breathing room. That is uh, a typical amount to give notice on a contract. Uh, that's quite often how, lo- you know, how much your bills, how often your bills come through, your yeah, rent, one your utilities. financial cycle. Yeah. Maybe. It's kind of one financial cycle for a lot of folks. And then the second goal I recommend after you've done that is if you do get a match on your 401k or your 403b at work where they are giving you free money based on you giving, so usually it's 3% or 1% if you do get a match, contribute up to that match on the 401k. And the reason I have you do that before any other financial goal is because uh, it's free money. Don't turn it down. It's great. Don't leave it on the table. Um, If you have a really, really generous match and you're thinking maybe you want to focus on other financial goals, maybe you don't have to give up to that match. So I'm by really generous match, I mean you get matched up to 10% or something like that. That's substantial. You may work a job where you have to contribute giving, uh, have to continue contributing to your retirement if you have a pension or something like that where you're just required. It's There's a mandatory contribution. Uh-huh. But most people that listen to the show are probably not in that situation because yeah. that's more and more rare. And if you are, you don't have a choice or yeah. whatever. <laughs> yep. You just kind of write it off just the same as you would with taxes. And then the next recommended goal that I have as far as financial priorities is to pay off all debt other than mortgage. And there's kind of different methods for these. Remember, we talked about how setting up systems is kind of laying the base for all financial goals. And paying off your debt, um, it could be done with the debt snowball method or the Mm -hmm. debt avalanche method, whatever method ends up working for you. Um, The reason I have that as a step before I have any of these other increasing, you know, income or saving three to eight months of expenses in an emergency fund is that saving is paying off debt 
gives you so much more flexibility in approaching other financial goals. So if you got those student loans hanging over your head or those medical bills hanging over your head, it makes it a lot harder to prioritize other financial goals because it is taking your income away every month, right? When yeah. You've got to pay those monthly bills. You're losing out that portion of your income that goes towards those debt payments. And so I'm a big fan of paying off debt. Um, that being said, paying off debt all debt other than mortgage can be a really massive goal. And maybe that sounds kind of like an unsustainable goal. And the reason I have that bucket is I just don't know your own circumstances. So this is where you have to look and personalize it for yourself. Right. So right. it could be that your big financial goal for the year is to pay off one of your student loans, your Stafford unsub unsubsidized loan uh -huh. or your private student loan that has a really high interest rate. Or it's to pay off that credit card bill um, before your promotional period where the in it stops having 0% interest is done. Right, whatever one makes the most sense with its quantity and interest rates and how it impacts you, I guess. Yeah, and, and this is one of those things where people get really caught up in in researching strategies and running into numbers and it just doesn't have to be that complicated <laughs> um and the other thing is that you know if you are in a position where you're really struggling to pay your minimums on all of your debt this is the time where perhaps your first financial priority is to figure out a strategy where you can keep paying all the minimums on your debt which may involve increasing your income mm -hmm. but this is one of those things where this could encompass other financial goals by establishing that one priority. Yeah, that makes sense. And it's and it's the one that like you said is kind of hanging over your head. Right, right. And I I think it's the the power of working on on attacking debt is that it it really can help propel other goals in a way that you don't necessarily expect because if you're really focusing and planning and attacking for your debt, you start to realize how much other things start to to play in place and and this is just one of those things it's it is a it is a multiplier in terms of other financial goals because every time you pay off one of those debts you have more money to apply towards your other debts or you have more money to save right um, and with the interest i remember you made this point a while back with yeah. the interest it, it's it's really sort of stretching your money further in a way yeah no it's there there's so there's so many great things about focusing on paying off debt. And the reason I don't include the mortgage in here is because I don't want you to focus on paying off your mortgage when you don't have an emergency fund set up. And uh -huh. that's that because houses are expensive. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing I would say is uh, the next goal that I have on this is once you've kind of focused on paying off your consumer debt is then other than your house is then focusing on establishing an emergency fund. And we have some shows where we've talked about how to figure out an emergency fund. I, usually it ranges anywhere from three to eight months of expenses is kind of the standard emergency fund. And uh, you'll be at the high end if you have very variable income or you work in an unstable industry mm -hmm. or um, you have potentially very expensive medical expenses, then you want to be on the higher end of what you're shooting for. If you have a pretty stable job and relatively low expenses and you know, you're you're likely to have a large amount of notice if uh, something significantly changes your, with your income, then three months would be kind of the standard rule of thumb. Yeah. And uh, when you're choosing your emergency fund amount, one thing to factor in, because, you know, obviously I say just a one-month buffer before you start to focus on your debt, a thing 
to know about that is if you sit down and you do the calculations and you get your debts organized and it's going to take you longer than, say, five years to pay off all that debt other than the mortgage, yeah. then I would recommend a little bit more than a one-month buffer. Because um, five years is a fairly long time series to only have one month in savings. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. just the longer you go, the odds increase that you'll need it at some point. Yeah. Um, and so, th- but the big thing I want to emphasize is I've just given you already a lot of goals, <laughs> right? <laughs> and But I want you to notice that those come in an order. And this is because when it comes to choosing your financial priorities for the new year, I think it's really easy to get caught up in the, oh, you know, it's just the same as any other New Year's resolution. Oh, I heard my friend is going to try to read 100 books this year. I should start reading 100 books. Well, <laughs> is that really your priority? Is that really how you want to spend your time? It's a great New Year's resolution. But if you don't step back and look at the trade-offs that you're making, because everything is a trade-off, maybe that means you're spending less time with your friends if you're in your house reading every night. This, this, It's even easier to quantify this in terms of money, right? If you're like, yeah. I want to <laughs> save an emergency fund, but that means that you're going to have to pay on your student loans for two more years because you're prioritizing the savings for that emergency fund, you have to realize that there's a trade-off there, right? So I really recommend choosing one financial priority. So if you've kind of accelerated through that, you're like, hey, I got my emergency fund, I have my debt paid off, I've, I'm contributing up to the match, um, I'm budgeting, I have my systems in place, then there's kind of sub-goals. Quite often, a sub-goal can be saying, saving up for a down payment or something like a six-month sabbatical to travel the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't recommend saving up for something like world travel um, or a down payment until you do have that emergency fund in place because you want that emergency fund when you either move into a new house or, or have an emergency. Yeah, or <laughs> run around the world. Um, and once you've kind of figured out what those short-term goals are, which to be clear, I say short-term goals, I mean short-term in the range of one to three years. Short, yeah. like I don't necessarily mean you should have this all wrapped up in three months. Very few people save a down payment for a house in three months. Um, yeah, not without a bunch of like other financial reprioritization, I bet. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, a really significant hammer, as we like to call it <laughs> on the show, aka income. Um, so once you've kind of figured out that sub-goal, and it's okay to have that be your only goal for the year. And one of the things about setting these financial priorities and getting the systems in place is that when you're focusing on a goal like something like saving for a down payment, you're able to just go back to the, but this is my top priority. And it makes it that much easier when you have to say no to things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, or you you know, you get jealous because someone else is maxing out their IRA, which is maybe my own particular form of jealousy. <laughs> but but you know, you get jealous of 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 people's vacations and their Instagram and their, you know, their like cool vacations that they're going on or everybody's going on an expensive bachelorette party and you can't afford it because you want to save up for a down payment. Like it really helps to know that you've got that one locked in financial goal because you can frame the trade-offs you're making in terms of that goal. If Mm -hmm. you are balancing seven goals, it's very hard to figure out what the trade-off is, right? If you're like, oh, I'm saving for an emergency fund, but also I'm trying to pay off my student right, loans. Right, kind of be ambiguous from all those seven goals but versus if, something more direct, like but if you're, you're saying. If your goal is to pay off your one student loan that you know if you put $500 a month on, you will have it paid off in 18 months. And you're able to say, if I don't go to that bachelorette party this month, that means I can make an extra $500 payment or you know, it means I'll be on track to pay this off you can imagine what that looks like as far as 
your goals for the next year. So it mm. it, it helps you frame in terms of that trade-off. Or, you know, you're able to say, oh, I'll have an emergency fund in place that much sooner, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Right, right. There's, there's concrete reasons to stick to your goals. Yeah. I like it. Uh, and then the next thing I recommend, of course, is maxing out your IRA, which is uh, 5,500 is the combined max between Roth and traditional. We have plenty of episodes about Roth versus traditional. So go listen to those if you want to figure out which one makes sense for you. And uh, then the next goal is contributing to your 401k at 15% of or more of income. The rule of thumb is that you do want 15% of your income being saved for retirement. This is, of course... After you've dealt with your other financial goals, getting right. that emergency in order. fund in place. <laughs> yes, in order. And then that last financial goal is where you get some real fun. It could be investing in taxable accounts, as we've talked about before in the show, or paying off your mortgage early, or saving for a sabbatical, a long-term sabbatical, any of those things after you've prioritized some retirement savings. So that was a lot of goals, but I want to emphasize real big things. Make sure the goal lines up with your values. This one's really important. And as we've talked about before, of course, if you're working on paying off debt, it can be really hard to see where this lines up with your values. Because yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's not like my personal values include paying interest to student loan financiers, <laughs> right? Right. Well, they're not intrinsically, but paying off your own debt maybe is more <laughs> Yeah, but paying off oriented. debt by itself, like I, it can be soul satisfying, but I like to think about what that freedom represents to you, right? Okay, yeah, no, so, that makes sense. So you're, you are using this to position yourself to live according to your values as far as paying off your debt, because maybe you've got maybe, you know, you have a bunch of medical debt because American healthcare is broken and you're not like, yeah. but it doesn't really line up with my value. You know, like I'm doing this because I owe this debt, not because I, I deeply to. feel yeah. like I should have to pay this off. But one really cool thing is to think about how you're going to be able to use that money in line with your values, maybe reducing the amount that you work to raise children, or you're going to be able to save up for your forever home where you can foster a bunch of kittens. Yeah. Um, okay. I mean, I think that's a good thing to disambiguate, like you're yeah. saying. Yeah. It's it's helpful to separate that. Um, and I've got a couple more tips, but we are going to have a quick break before I come back with some more tips about how to stick with your goals. Welcome back. Our sponsors help us cover the cost of the show since not everyone is part of our personal finance society and can make it a priority. So thank you, sponsors. So we're talking about ways to stick to financial goals. And I think picking your financial priority is really important. But once you've got that financial priority, once you've figured out what it is, and we really talked about how there's only four buckets. It's like increased income, increased savings, reducing debt. And setting up systems, right? Yeah. And I think setting up systems can be part of the other financial goals. This is one of those things where I think you can set up systems and have a single financial goal. But yeah. setting up systems can and sticking to systems can be your only financial priority for the year. We actually talked about this with you, Will. That's kind of your main financial priority right now is right, to make sure to... that you stay on top of managing your money. Yeah. Sort of work, you know, can continue to be off of the roller coaster. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Roller co financial roller coaster is no fun. So one thing, in addition to kind of figuring out that the goal lines up with your values, I'm a big fan of creating concrete reminders. So once you've kind of picked that financial priority, 
I like to figure out what the reminder that will work for you is. So this could be something like a note wrapped around your debit or credit card that's like, hey, is this line up with what you're, you know, let's spend less money on this Slow thing. yourself down, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, or putting it on your mirror where you'll see it every morning and you're like, oh, hey, look, I've paid this much on my student loans. Um, or maybe a reminder on your car dashboard to not park in the zone where you constantly get tickets. <laughs> um, or, or they'll leave you a reminder. <laughs> or if you're trying to save more money by shopping less, maybe using a browser extension that blocks those impulse shopping websites and puts, puts up a picture of the house that you're trying to save money for or whatever instead. Right. Creating some sort of concrete reminder because money is one of those things where we spend it all the time, yet it's very rare that it feels very tangible to us, right? And feels truly linked to our goals as a person. So yeah. figuring out a way to bring that into your daily life. Yeah. Well, and that all sounds like a good way to sort of interrupt the want something, spend money cycle. Yeah, right. <laughs> and it doesn't even just have to be spending money, right? It can be, um, you know, oh, there's a physical reminder where I only, you know, where I schedule some time which is my next tip, fancy that, uh, where it's very specific. Perhaps you actually schedule an hourly slot at 5 p.m. on Sundays to go over your budget. Or it could be something like, I will spend two hours balancing my budget and sending in extra payments to my student loans between the first and the fifth of the month, uh -huh. each month, right? Like, that's kind of a little more vague. Or every Monday morning, I will add together all the tips I made from this weekend, and I will take them to the bank and deposit them mm. into my savings account. I like that. I'm just scheduling in general. It's I'm never enthusiastic about finding time to even just like pay bills. Yeah. And we've talked before about how how to make money activities more satisfying to you and I am a huge fan of the positive association with building building with it. So I get really nice hot cocoa when nice. I do my budget on Sundays and that means I I can kind of look forward to it. Um and this is really important, too, if you live in a household with children um, or otherwise folks that depend on you, being able to schedule out that time where you can actually just focus um, either by having someone come over and, and babysit or doing it when, you know, the kids are at swimming lessons right. or what whatever it is, actually carving out that time to recognize that this is dealing with your money kind of underlies a lot of other goals, not just financial. And it really can give you that sense of calm if you set it up in a way and schedule it in such a way where it gives you that feeling as opposed to the panic feeling when you yeah, get- Yeah, I got to bust out these bills before they're overdue. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which I do. Uh, <laughs> um, and then my last goal is to find a co-conspirator. And if you have a partner that you're financially merged with, this is a really obvious co-conspirator mm -hmm. in financial goals. Um, but that this could also just be a friend who's working on a totally separate financial goal that you check in with. Um, and, you know, I have this advantage of Will and I have this radio show that we can talk about our own right. financial Every goals Wednesday. on. But most <laughs> people do not have access to that. Um, and, you know, we kind of know that we're going to be vaguely accountable about our finances on air. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but a co-conspirator could be someone that you check in with. Um, this could be something that you do to build the positive association. Hey, you get to go out for fancy coffee with this friend every. Oh, every time you every last make Friday a financial of the step. month. Yeah, 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 and and check in and see see what's going on. It could be someone else that's focused on the same goal, or someone else that just is willing to talk about money. Um, and it really, really helps to have this person because it can help keep you on track. And we're so weird about talking about money mm -hmm. that. Uh, 
it can be hard to focus on a financial goal and not have any outlet for sort of bouncing it off someone. So yeah. especially <laughs> if you're single, um, you're in that kind of position where you don't necessarily have anybody that is a natural person to talk to. And it can be kind of hard to approach a friend and awkwardly go, let's talk about money. <laughs> yeah. Can we talk about money? Are you into talking about money? So those are my tips for choosing a financial priority. Uh, big takeaways here. Don't try to focus on too much at once. You will get around to it. <laughs> step by step, it will end up, you will get compounding effects if you choose one thing at a time and not try to do everything. Uh, setting up good systems, which includes scheduling some time and possible physical reminders or concrete mm -hmm. reminders for yourself. And uh, find a buddy. Even if you're kind of an introvert, it just helps to talk about these things. <laughs> it really does. Unfortunately, we're just kind of weird about it. And uh, posting on your Facebook about it is not really the same. So, Yeah, real people. I would love to hear about what your financial priorities are for this year. So if and you how are- how you plan on keeping to those goals. Yeah, and how did you do for 2018? Um, yeah. What? How, how did your financial priorities go? Do you- dispose of these New Year's resolutions ideas entirely and started your financial kind of priority setting at a different time of year. I'd still love to hear about it. Yeah, we're so. in retrospective season. Tis the time. <laughs> My favorite time of year. I love goal setting. All right. Will, I think that wraps our show for it's today. Wrapped. Yeah. Uh, send in your financial priorities or other financial questions to questions at Oh My Dollar. And uh, our producer is Will Romy. Our intro music is by Aaron Parecki, and I'm Lillian Kerbake, your personal finance educator and host. Thank you for listening. Until next time, remember to manage your money so it doesn't manage you.